Blog Talk Radio.
Good evening and welcome to the Scoop Radio Show. This is Winfrey Burns, your one of your hosts, and I'm glad that you're here tonight. Tonight we have a dynamic topic with some outstanding guests, and I hope you all are ready for another week of the Scoop Radio Show. Do me a favor real quick. Um, uh, if you have just, y'all all right, do me a favor real quick and um, go ahead and um, let all your friends and family know it's time to listen to the Scoop. We're about to get it in, but before we get started, let me let you know a couple of things. Number one, if you've got a question or a comment tonight, I want you to call in at any time during the show. Questions or comments, you want to call in at this number, that 929-477-2304. That's 929-477-2304. And press number one to let us know that you have a question or a comment. All right. Um, so tonight we're talking about homosexuality in the family. we got a couple of good guests tonight. So we've got Alexandra <clears throat> Gray on, and then we've got Asa Laveau going to be on a little bit later. So we got a jam-packed show tonight. Plus we got the hot topic, because we're going to give us the news. And, of course, y'all know we got Passion Talk with the Fire Starter. So we got a lot to do tonight, and not a whole lot of time. So let's go ahead and get to it real quick. Let me say what's up to my people. Uh, first, let me say what's up to um, my <clears throat> my favorite um, Tingle Toes uh, Shea Butter dealer <laughs> who keeps, who keeps my uh, you know she she she's slinging slinging uh, Shea Butter all across the country. Miss Elegance by design herself, Miss Shaquille Willis. What's going on, Q? Hey, hey, I'm your pusher, baby. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing well this week. Doing really, really well. It's been a good week so far. So yeah, I'm good. Good, good, good. good. And then let me say what's up to my girl, uh, the curvy kitten, the curvy kitten, Miss Curvy Kitten herself, Miss Kel Johnson, Miss Curvy Kitten. What's up? Hey. Oops, <laughs> Y'all know I'm doing <clears> hey <throat> I'm right. doing well. Right. I um, good, good. Feeling like a villain on vacation from one job, okay. but yeah, still working, you know, several others. So yeah, I ain't gonna talk about I ain't gonna talk about your pictures about you in the uh in the sauna or whatever you was in. Right. We deal with that. Like deal with that. She is like in super relaxed mode right now. <laughs> she yeah. is chilling. She right. got her she got her feet all up. I'm like I'm gonna be how to quit making me jealous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well deserved. Well deserved. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. Know, you work hard. You play hard. Mm-hmm. 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 She had she had water glistening all over her body. <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> I was trying to keep that hot topic warm in that hot That's what I was doing. I okay. see. I see. I see. All right, we gonna get to that a little bit. Let me say what's up to my main man. Uh, what's going on, cousin, Mr. Rashad Ray Chan Chapler of uh, Cool Kids Entertainment? What's up, my dude? All right. Uh, what's happening, man? What's, we good? We good. All right, all right. How's it going, hey, ladies? Hey. hey, now. Good to see you. Hey, now. Hey, now. <laughs> all right, all right. So he said we don't got no man? time. Huh? I'm about to say, you say we don't got no time. I was about to dive in. <laughs> well, listen, I'm not, 
But look, if you go, go ahead. I'm not going to keep you. Go ahead and get us started in the news then. You got it. All right. Well, number one, with the year coming down to an end, Merriam-Webster has given us the news that the word of the year is feminism. Start uh, with a capital F. So, um, we have had a lot going on. Um, shouts out to ladies, shouts out to women, shouts out to black women at the most. Uh, I guess I'm biased. Oh, well. But still. <laughs> makes two. Um, that makes two. <laughs> but uh, 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 let's start with Kels. How do you, what do you think about that? Feminism being the word of 2017. The most popular word. Yeah, I would agree that it is that it is a popular word. Um, I think they have feminism has morphed into something else, um, mm-hmm. especially with the. Uh, I don't know if it's a, what is it a proposal or the, with the the, the female um, congresswomen um, having the motion about Donald Trump. Like I mean, it's it's, it's turning into something else. So yeah, I I agree. It has become it probably is one of the most popular words. Um, but I don't know if it's feminism the way that we grew up knowing it. I think it's it's morphed into something else. So I agree to an extent. That's about all I got on that. <laughs> <laughs> but I got. Um, yeah. See what you think. I know you're gonna bring it home for me. Uh, <laughs> um, it doesn't surprise me that this word was chosen this year. It's the buzzword, like for sure. Um, I actually agree with what Kel says as far as. For all these people who are going to the dictionary to find the actual definition of this word, I really don't think people are applying what they're reading. Like the critical thinking isn't always what happens. That process doesn't always get completed once they go to this site (laughs) to get the actual definition. So, yeah, I think it's been um, skewed to fit specific agendas. Um, But overall, I think the conversation is good, and it doesn't shock me that this word was finally chosen. This, the article that you shared with us, uh, Rashad, and for those of you on the live that's in the feed, um, this this particular word has been in the top ten for years now. So it's been making its way. Like, And that's kind of something that the women have been saying for a long time. Like, this isn't a new thing. This is just new because we're talking about it. So for the last few years, it, it's been bubbling. <laughs> so now we're kind of at the boiling point, and this is where we are. But, yeah, I think the definition, while we're looking it up and reading it, I don't know if the comprehension is actually happening. Yeah. Interesting, though. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. When what do you think? I agree with Kelly and Q. <laughs> And we're done. I, do. I don't. Well, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I say, well, that was deep. That was pretty deep. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Moving on to Jamie Cantor. Who is Jamie Cantor, you may ask? Jamie Cantor is a young lady who has brought up the NFL Network uh, young men, Marshall Falk, Eric Davis, Warren Sapp, Donovan McNabb, Heath Evans, and Ike Taylor for sexual harassment. Oh, my God. Uh, Yeah, and it's real. It's... mm -mm. My live people read the article. Like, if you don't have to read it now, but read the article. <laughs> Rashad, I don't know. Yeah, that's a good article. Concerned, that's, but man, that's a good article the break, right there. The breakdown mm-hmm. of what this woman went through, supposedly, allegedly, whatever Lee word we're attaching to the the the, the comings and goings of these allegations lately. But <laughs> this. It blows my mind, if this is true, it blows my mind, the vulgarity and the entitlement, the the way that these men are able to go throughout their workplace. This is is what blows my mind. Like, this isn't a a casual setting. This isn't them hanging out amongst friends, you know, work button. This is at work. <laughs> Where these things are, they're sending, they're pulling out their privates in front of this woman. She's wardrobe. She does wardrobe for the shows, the commentary, the commentary, and things like that for the various newscasters that come in. And the things that she described, the text messages they they're sending her vibrators and stuff for Christmas gifts. Fellas, sex toys are not Christmas gifts for your coworkers. Like I don't know why this has to be said. But they're not. <laughs> don't don't do that. <laughs> Just oh yeah. yeah. This one blew my mind. I'm glad I read it, but then on the other side, I'm not glad I read it because this one was a trip. It was a trip. So yeah, I'm I'm shutting up now. I had all I had to say on that one. I got it out. Go ahead. <laughs> but read the article, y'all. <laughs> uh, sorry. Okay. I do have to make light, though, and I mean, I'm sorry, I am childish, but I do got to make light of one thing that was in there, and I mean, the funny part was, she said the black man said that he used the word cock. Do black men use that word? Black men who hang around white people do. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's not a fluid word in the black community, but... You know, it could happen. <laughs> I've heard it at work. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I, I can think is. of two instances I use it, but I don't use it like it was used in this article. <laughs> wow. I'm trying. Now, what the, the lawsuit was found in 2000. This year, right? In 2017? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, the lawsuit, yeah. But, I mean, the workings and all that, they go back to, what was it, 2006? Mm -hmm. Is when she was hired. Uh, And then it kind of just goes into each person. So, presumably, hope I said that right. Um, 2006 is when this all began, and it's just been tearing and carrying. I mean, I'm not yeah, going to say that, you know, since day one, they've been on her back, but, you know, she started in 2006, 
so this has been going for a while. Yep. And they fired her supposedly for stealing clothing. And she's coming back on, and she's coming, she's also rebutting that and saying that that is not the situation. She wasn't given a budget for clothing or something or other, but yeah, that that's the reason why they ended up firing her. They were saying that she she was stealing clothing. So yeah, all kinds of craziness behind this one. The details are, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Uh, so we shot. Uh, and then here's one, another one. Uh, Jada Pinkett Smith is at it again, but uh, rightfully so. She's jumping in the street on the Golden Globe Awards because Tiffany Haddish is being snubbed. Tiffany Haddish, who is is she? She's the uh, up-and-coming star that was in Girls Trip, most notably known for her lady mouth. Um, uh, Q, we'll start with you and your snickering self. Lady mouth tickled me. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Jada was right, but... While it needed to be said, we've been saying this about the movie ceremonies for, like, years and years and years and years and years. So um, it just blows my mind how a movie like this can do as well as it did. And, again, it still got no nod, you know, and not even a view. That That's what was kind of cray-cray, that they wouldn't even view it. Um, and it's funny to me because I'm thinking none of y'all saw the movie. Like, none of y'all went to go see the movie, see the movie, and thought, hmm, we should see this as a group. But you know, politics are politics. So, yeah. But Jay worked wrong. It's not wrong, in my opinion. Yeah, it's it's becoming like a broken record. Um, that these people that you know, this is their livelihood. They put so much into this, and that's like her breakout role. And for them not to even watch the movies, I'm I'm with uh, Q. I agree on that part and I I mean that was Jada's biggest complaint was that they didn't even they wouldn't even screen the movie so yeah. this is one of the <laughs> largest movies of the summer like really? yeah yeah did you read that they invited her to to, rep, to present Kel did you see that oh Tiffany no I didn't even see that yeah. oh yeah, they 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 wouldn't view the movie, but they invited her to present an award at the award ceremony. So like, we want your viewers to watch. We want to post right. that you're going to be presenting, but we don't want to put your movie up there. We don't want them to see you win nothing. Like the the audacity of that. <laughs> to even insult my insult that way. Like it says so much. It says I don't even know why we even want to still be included in that. Like I know the monetary value. I know what it can do for your career and all that, and I'm not knocking nobody's hustle. Like, I promise I'm not. But after so many times of it being blatantly clear that we don't want you here, stop looking for the invite. And if you get one, don't, I mean, like, it's not that I I don't go where I'm not welcome. You know what I mean? I, I don't do pity invites. Like, I'm just keep, you know what I'm saying? Just keep it. So that's kind of, that. you know. 
I'm not in that that pool of people, but just me being regular OQ, I'd be cool on it all together. But yeah, it's it's still very disrespectful. Very disrespectful. Yeah, I can I can see how they have to you know, what'll happen if you decline the invitation, but at the same time, you know, that would be a what a great thing if none of them, you know, would go. But you gotta yeah. I mean that comes that's a that's a big price to pay when you up and coming. We know they can shut it down. You can get blackballed, but ugh, that's that's a rock and hard place. But yeah, it's still wrong. It's all wrong. And so if you if you she's recognizable enough to be a presenter, <laughs> but her movie is not on the you know if there's no recognition of her personally. That is that's just the funky yeah. place, like they mentioned in the article. The uh, <laughs> you say what? Like they they mentioned in an article how uh, the Get Out movie uh, yeah is considered it's, comedy, it's, but they were, this is like a this is like part of the sunken place, like for real, like to yeah. fruition. So <laughs> it, it is what it is. <laughs> it's, it's, it's sad, but we gotta either do something about it or we gonna continue to stay here. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't care what nobody said. That movie was fun. Me, it was hilarious. Do we think that our actors, our our musicians, things like that? Do you think that if they began to come to our award ceremonies, the Soul Train, the BET Awards, things of that nature, would that start to change? Like, is that the form that we should take as our remix for where we're showing up? Because I've noticed the last few of those award shows I've watched, the big faces, the big names aren't showing up. But those are the same people who will go and rant when they're not invited to the other parties. So I'm wondering... Would you get the different? Your target market is what you're essentially not supporting. You know what I mean? I'm just trying to figure out what the rationale is why we're snubbing our own award ceremonies that are actually there to highlight you, but we're then going online and bitching because we're not being invited to the ones where we know we don't. We're not going to win anyway. We just want to be the glorified seat fillers, essentially. So, do we think that would flip the script if we actually started to show up and support our own award ceremonies, or has that ship sailed and we just got to scratch the whole thing and start new? I don't, but I don't, I don't, I wouldn't say that the big names are snubbing. I think just a lot of them are already on tour, or they already have other events. That's why I don't. If they send in a video or they have somebody there to, you know, get their award on their behalf, then I, I would just see it as a scheduling conflict. But let me back up. At least it's I'm not sorry, the same people every year to me. It doesn't mm-hmm. seem like it's the same. You know, it's not like every year Beyonce don't show up. You know what I mean? Like she's there sometimes, sometimes she's not. So I feel that. But I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind so here, having a. Go ahead, go ahead. Lynn. Well, we don't really own those anymore either. So that's part of the problem. We don't what anymore. I mean, what you talking about the BET Awards and the Soul Train Awards? You don't own those either. Oh, that's true. That is true. That's true. So, but even though we don't own them, they're there to highlight our artists. So, like the target market is still us, regardless if we own them, so to speak. 
you can't have a BET Awards and then have Miley Cyrus, Taylor Swift, and is that and the other as the artist. Like, our artists will be the artists on those shows. You know what I'm saying? I mean, on those on those particular ceremonies. So we don't own them, but, but the target is still. <clears throat> but is it, the, is it the music that we still want as a community to be the music that is representative of us? Are those the ones that's going to win the awards? Or like I, and I don't know who does the voting on those and stuff like that to answer the question, but I'm just saying like, you know, if and I and I say this as a as someone who is an old person now, um, apparently, but if you get on, <laughs> I get on the Soul Train and all I got to do, is I get to listen to the Migos and all this mumble rap. I don't want to hear that. So yeah, you know, so I think it just depends. And again, I, I, you know, I know that that's today's music, so I, you know. That's just not something I would I would enjoy. So, whether I don't think is fully representative of who of, of of our culture. So, I don't know. Good question. Thank you. Good question. But I agree with you. I'm still in the sense that some of that is just scheduling. Um, yeah. Some of that is, is is I mean, let's be honest. If Beyonce is clearing five million a show. Am I coming? Am I doing my show, or am I going to the BET Awards? <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. All righty then. That brings us to our first song, which is gonna be "Wait" by Men of Vision. Isaiah 40 and 31 encourages us that they that wait upon the Lord, God shall renew their strength. There may be someone that's waiting for God to move on their behalf. This song is dedicated to you. Scripture goes on to say, they that wait, they that wait upon the Lord, God shall renew, renew One more time, baby, wait. Baby, wait. 
That was Wait by Men of Vision. We're going to go ahead and get to our first guest of the evening. For those of you who are just tuning in tonight, we are discussing homosexuality and how to have the conversation among your family. Um, So our first guest of the night is someone we are very excited to have on the show, Ms. Alexandra Gray. Um, Alexandra is an artist, designer, and activist who has lived open and out loud since discovering her truth more than a decade ago. Ms. Gray uses her talents to bring awareness and raise charitable funds for at-risk, oh my goodness, uh, GLBTQ youth and the agencies that support them. Hello. Oh, okay. <laughs> hey, honey. Welcome uh, to the I'm, show. Hi, honey. How are you? <laughs> I am well. Thank you for joining us this evening. You are welcome. I don't think I really had a choice between my sister and Winfred. I don't think I was going to get out of it. <laughs> sure did. Sure did. Sure did. No. 
You're welcome. You're welcome. So how, how have you been? I'm I'm well. I've been battling a really bad cold, but I'm well. Um, seeing the doctor tomorrow, but I'm 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 as they say I'm still here, so that's all that matters. That's right. So right. Your, let me jump. Let me jump. So you said in your and I'm sorry. You said in your intro that you work with. Can you tell us a little bit more about some of the organizations that you work with and kind of what you do? Okay. Over the years, I have worked with various charitable organizations. I happen to belong to um, an organization called the Imperial Court System. It's over 40 years old, um, and there are various chapters all over the continental U.S. I happen to be a member of both the Imperial Court of the Windy City, i.e. Chicago. Um, And what happens is you step up to become the fundraising co-chair. So basically, you choose a charity partner to raise money. You know, you choose a charity partner to raise money for, and you go out and raise money. Um, I chose a couple charities in Chicago. One of them is the Broadway Youth Center. The other one is um, Night Ministries. They're both organizations that deal with uh, homeless GLBT kids and help them navigate the world and navigate, you know, everything. Is there is there is that is homelessness a I mean how serious of an issue is, is homelessness in the um LGBT community? Yes. Um the easiest way to you know, the easiest way to describe it is kids come out. Um a lot of times black kids and Latino kids don't have a support system because it's like I don't believe in this, get out of my house, da 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 and they hit the streets. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that faces them is things like sex work and um, being homeless. And so sometimes in that desperation, you do whatever it is you need to do to survive. Yeah. And so what I did was basically, hey, raise money for these organizations so that kids could get a meal, get hygiene products, get bus cards back and forth to wherever they wanted to go to try to get themselves, you know, better and off the streets. Okay. <clears throat> hey, what what are the ages um, for this organization? Is it all ages? Is there a um generally teens? So anywhere from you know teens, young adults. So like let's just say like sixteen to twenty two, twenty three. Okay. And now um oh I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say that's figured out age range, that's where, you know, just anyone is figuring themselves out. So, yeah, that I could see that being a, an impactful age range. Yeah. Okay. So walk me through, walk, walk me, um, walk me through this. How, how, um, because I think we obviously have an issue with having this discussion in um you know in, especially in the African well and I'm sure in every home but specifically in the African American community. Um what are some of the the conversations that you not so much maybe that you personally experienced but that other people who you know have experienced and that have gotten to the point where a parent would kick their child out of the house. I mean that to me just seems like such a cool thing to do. Um yeah, it's a, you, okay. let's here, let's be real. 
a lot of a lot of the black community revolves around church. And so yeah. so much uh so much of what people are taught in church is you know, you're an abomination, you're going to hell, this isn't right, the Bible says this. They don't under you know, they're not willing to follow like the concept of, you know, God said love everybody. And sometimes mm-hmm. it becomes a thing of embarrassment. So it's what are people a lot of times it becomes what are people going to think about me that my kid is mm-hmm. this way? Not necessarily mm-hmm. thinking about the person. They're thinking about the person, but they're thinking about the wrong person. So it turns into, you know, you go to your you go to your parent and you tell your mom or your dad, hey, I'm gay, and then it turns into, oh Lord Jesus God, oh have mercy Lord, you know, what people gonna say about me? What the people in the neighborhood gonna say? More than likely, mm-hmm. they already know, mm-hmm. and ain't nobody, you know, it's one of them big, you know, it's one of them big secrets, you know, one of the one of the jokes that I've often used is that if you really want to find black gay folks, go to the black church. Yeah. This is true. So what it so what has and, and y'all jump in any time with questions. Um so what has been um the <clears throat> the issues that you've had personally in terms of with this discussion because I know um obviously I know your sister, I know that, you know, several members of your family um, well. So what surprisingly enough, there are some people who even now are not particularly thrilled about it, but I don't really deal mm-hmm. with those people. You know, okay. if you don't, if you know, the reality is, is if you don't mind, you know, I don't mind and you don't matter. So some people who have had negative things to say, I just don't feature them in my life anymore. Um, I just move on and live with my life. Surprisingly enough, I'm I'm one of those people who's pretty blessed. I have a great deal of people who are supportive of who I am. So mm-hmm. it, you know, it's it's a it's a win win. You know, part of why I started doing charity stuff like that was because I had a I had a support system. So my thought was is if I had a support system, let me go out and be a support system for people who don't have one. Right. Right. I have I was gonna that I was wondering how um how much of your because before I even say that, I've known Tina for a few years now and she, you are right. She has been a huge advocate in total conversation of you. Like so, yeah, I I can co-sign with my father. Your sister's got we, the I mean, we, she and I we know. Yeah. Right. I was just getting ready to say, but she also has not been shy about sharing how initially how it hasn't been easy for you and no. um, your family. You know what I mean? Just in, no. like what you said. Often we don't worry about the right people. <laughs> The right, right. And, and, right. You know, yeah. It's, you guys have you have I mean, a really, really. You know, there, there, there are some people who I mean, Tina can vouch for it. We had a family member who said some real nasty things to me via Facebook Messenger a few years ago, and like one of the things that they said to me was that I was a confused he/she that didn't know what it was, and I shouldn't be a member of our family. Oh wow. wow! By the time Tina finished, like it was one of those things that Tina dived in and said some things where it was like, I, "Well, I ain't got nothing else left to say. I'm gonna sit over here in the corner and just hope she don't see me," you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it, I, can <laughs> I mean, so the thing, you know, the thing is this: if 
here's here is how I see the conversation. If you mm-hmm. need to have this conversation with a family member, understand that not everybody this is not a conversation for everybody. And you have to be able to have enough discernment to pick the person who's going to be in your corner. Because if you pick the wrong person, you might find yourself in trouble. That's real. Yeah. Everybody. And that's, I mean, and that, and, but, and that statement go across the board for everybody, not just GLBT people. That goes across the board for everybody. If you were somebody struggling with something, you got to go to the right person. Because the deal is, you can't tell everybody your business. Yeah. So I, I have a question. Sure. Um, this is Kels. So I was just thinking we, when we do have these conversations with um, family members um, that are going through this or going through these type of struggles, is there, and, and there may be groups out there that maybe focus on counseling for the, like the parents, is that sometimes that's usually the people that are struggling with that. Not saying that that's their battle, but. There there are so, a lot of, a lot of times, like uh, there's the Trevor Project where parents, and young adults can call and have, you know, and people will steer them in the right direction to find that information. I, you know, I was thinking about something, and I think this is a thing. I think sometimes when people hear the word homose- homosexual, they focus mm-hmm. on the word sexual. And so mm-hmm. they focus on what's going on in somebody's bedroom versus yep. focusing on the person. So it turns into this. Oh, you do that. Oh, that. Instead of going, okay, you're you're my kid. How do I steer you through this? Mm -hmm. So what it turns into, if you've got, you know, if you've got questions, yes, there are people out there who can help you. Because sometimes, as a parent, it turns into. You know, some of the things I've heard, especially coming out of the black community, did somebody molest you? Did somebody touch you? Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah. your, daddy or your, your daddy or your granddaddy or your uncles wasn't around and <laughs> that made you this way or I didn't do enough to do this or I spoiled you too much and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And, pe- mm-hmm. and people sort of take this really strange internalization on it all. Yeah. Meaning they they internalize it and make it about themselves, right? Yeah, they internalize it. At, right, they internalize it and it gotcha. becomes, well, oh my goodness, I didn't do this enough, or somebody didn't do that enough, and it becomes about the parent or the grandparent or the aunt or the uncle mm-hmm. or whoever versus being about the person who's who's revealing so, this, this thing. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I got a question, man. Uh, this is Rashad. Um, at what point then did you become strong enough to have a conversation with your family? The conversation that I had with my, I had two conversations. I had two, okay, I'm going to put something on you. I had two conversations. I had two separate conversations. First conversation, 
I told I told one of my aunts that I was gay, and her response to me was, "Well, duh, baby, Stevie Wonder could see that." Mm-hmm. Yes, I told I my dad. I, I told my dad, and I told my dad, and my dad was like, "Uh, well, uh, duh." So it wasn't. Here's the thing, I I was blessed enough to be able to walk through life and not really have a lot of people put a lot of stuff on me. So people saw me for who – there were a lot more people who saw me for who I was and allowed me to be that. Now, the second conversation I had was when I came out as trans and told people that I was transgender. And it took a few – it took people a few more days. Like everybody sort of took a couple days to sort of wrap their head around it. And then when it came back, the response was, Oh, you make so much more sense. What they mean by okay. that? What did they mean by that? They meant yeah. they meant exactly what they said. You've been walking through this world. You've been walking through this world one way, but in actuality, you were something else. And now I can look back at all of that, and the light bulb came on, and it's like, oh, that's what that was. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Do you feel like? Let me ask you. So, do you feel like now? And and, and y'all excuse me. Part of this is uh, we've kind of somewhat. I've listened to you have this conversation, so some some of my questions I already know the answer to. So I'm trying not to uh, re-ask those same questions. But um, do you feel like you are that the black church, the black people, that black people hate you? No. Okay. No, there are people. There are people who don't understand. Here's the thing: there are people who don't understand. There are some people who are not necessarily willing to come to the table and have an honest enough conversation about it, because so much of the dogma of Christianity says this is wrong. But it, mm-hmm. so if you sit down and have an actual conversation with me, and let me explain some things to you. You know, then you'll go, oh, wait, that's a whole different subject. Like there are a lot of people who would say, I chose to be trans. In a sense, yes. But there are also things about me sort of naturally that would have, that would have, that lend itself to the fact that that decision was made. Mm-hmm. Because, I, you know, okay. but you got to live it, you got to, you have to live it. And figure it out. Like I told my sister the other day, when I started on hormones and and hormone replacement therapy 10 years ago and and took a full battery of of tests, the doctors told me that I had the estrogen levels of an 18-year-old woman. Mm. So that wasn't something that – so the reality of that is that wasn't something that I chose. chose. Mm Mm-hmm. That now, was we have a question. That was, I'm sorry. sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. I didn't. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I didn't realize that you weren't finished. I apologize. Um, no, no, no. It's fine. I, we, no, no. It's fine. We can move to the next question. We're, um, we're on a live feed also in our soup group. So we have a question from one of our live viewers. Um, she wants to know: Do you feel that a child under the age of 12 should be allowed to dress as the opposite sex if they feel they are the opposite sex? Okay. 
I grew up a kid who worked in the entertainment industry. So there were times when I did that because that's just what I did for a living. Here is here is the here is the safest way to to discuss that. If you have a child who is under the age of 12, find a way to let find a way to help them dress so they are comfortable. Have a real conversation with them because now there are things like hormone blockers and things like that that a kid could start taking around 13 or 14 that would actually prevent them from going through the puberty of the gender that they've been marked as because that's just how people think. So if there's a way for you to help your child adjust and say, hey, we're going to have an honest discussion, I know that this is who you are. But right now, for your own safety, I need you to sort of work with me. And and if you can work with that kid and say to that kid, I believe you, I hear you, I see you, and I am willing mm-hmm. to walk this journey with you, then you, then you as a parent will figure out a way because the last thing you want is your kid to become a statistic. Hmm. Because right now there are so many younger gay kids, lesbian kids, bi kids, whatever, who are committing suicide at like 12, 13, 14 years old because they are in places where people don't see them for who they are. So they feel that the only option that they have is to kill themselves. And then you have somebody walking through, you have somebody walking through a path of regret. Why didn't I listen? Why didn't I hear? Because you were too busy focused on yourself. Yep. Wow. Two years ago in Ohio, a young trans girl had to be about 14, 15 years old, climbed over the fence of an overpass and dove off and killed herself because she was being bullied for being trans and people didn't people were not listening and were mistreating her, so she chose to end her life. And that's not that we don't want that. I am one of those people who will stand in the way to fight for those children who don't have a voice because somebody else is taking it from them. I'll stand there and say, Baby, I hear you. I hear you because I've lived it. I hear you because I've come out on the other side of that. That's the thing that I so when you're having these discussions, don't be scared to have them. This is Rashad again. I got another question. Um, now, and um, say for instance, in a club scene, do you feel obligated to let it be known if you're dancing with a guy or something like that? Do you or do you let it be? I mean, do you feel obligated, and do you feel others I should do. feel obligated? I, I I personally disclose that information because right now, black trans women are being murdered at an alarming rate. This year alone, starting from January until now, 27, 27 trans women, black or Latino, were killed. And a lot of times it's sort of a domestic violence situation. So, you, 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 you know, you're with the person that you're with, and then they turn on you. I, because as an entertainer, spend a lot of time working in gay clubs, I don't really have that issue. I am somebody who is recognized across the across the, the gay community from one coast to the other, east and west and north and south. So 
my other half already knows. My other half knows my other half sought me out because I am who I am. So he knows. <laughs> All right, we got a question. Uh, we got a caller. Let me take this call. Pretty sure I know who this is already. Caller 6644, what's your question or comment? I just want to tell my brother, hey, and he's doing real good. Hey, y'all. Hey. 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 <laughs> <laughs> my, uh, honestly, my comment, uh, I did have a comment about, like, having that conversation with your family because I, too, had to have that conversation with my brother is that you actually have to be open. And and, and if it's something you kind of already know, don't, like, beat the person down. And one thing, my brother and I, we have some real conversations, and sometimes we blow, I blow up on him, he blow up on me, but we always come back to, at the end of the day, that's my sibling. And minister, church or not, that is my brother to the world blow up. You better not do nothing to hurt him or I'm coming for you simply because he's been a, you know, he is a huge part of my life. Also, walked down the street and fought those battles and heard people call him names, and I saw him cry. I saw him just try to be him and people just being evil, flat-out evil. And the man wasn't trying to do nothing but sing a hymn just like anybody else. So, like I said, that's my brother. I love him to the world blow up. <laughs> that's, that's it. Thank you. Wait, y'all want to hear something funny? So, so I, I called, I said, hey, I said, Taylor, uh, can you tell me whether I want to interview? She said, I, I'm going to be on just to, I'm like, nigga, I know you. Don't, she going to get gangster with me. I'm like, hold on. <laughs> I'm, I'm on your side. No, I told him I was going to listen intently because, he can he can answer all y'all he can answer anybody questions all day, but nobody gonna disrespect him because that's my brother. I don't care what anybody religious believes, feelings, anything. I'll let hands down. That's my brother. Period. Amen. I
so we can uh we can carry this conversation on more. There's a lot more we can talk about. So appreciate you. Just let me know when you want me. Talk to you soon. Uh, you, you know I will. <laughs> <laughs> right, well. I'm go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> We're going to go right on into our next interview, and um, this segment is brought to you by Curvy Kitten, where self-reflection is perfection, and I am honored to introduce our guest, Mr. Asia Laveau. Asia grew up Did you say Asia? What is it? What did I say wrong? Asia Laveau. You know me. (laughs) Hey. Look what I said. Asa, Asa, Asa. My mama, my mama ain't gonna know who on it. Y'all go radio. Asa, <laughs> I'm sorry. Asa Lavoe. Hey, don't. Come on. I can patronize. Don't do that today. <laughs> Grew up with a burning desire for knowledge, born and raised in Oklahoma City. Asa grew up the oldest of five siblings. His role as eldest sibling catapulted him to leadership roles within a academic, making it easy for him to continue to lead throughout his academic career. With multiple degrees, Asa studied a BA in administrative leadership, uh, certification in behavior health. Asa's task is clear. His expertise in business development was developed through an extensive study of coaching technology and various uh, tools. He has also been a professional speaker for many organizations that reach out to the disenfranchised, including youth and people trying to reenter the workforce. Asa founded the Genius Academy. Uh, division of Laveau Group Incorporated, which promotes personal success through the implementation of key strategies that are encouraged through inspiration and tactical execution. Laveau has written several books on a, on a number of topics, including his latest, I Am Man Enough, 365 Affirmations, Affirmations for Men, which encourages men daily with notes, quotes, and sayings that help them put their lives into perspective. So let's welcome Asa to the show. Welcome. Hey, hey, hey. Well, how (laughs) How are my beautiful black people going this evening? We are wonderful. Good. I just make sure that you're from Oklahoma. You're not supposed to enter a room with a virtual space or a physical space without speaking to everybody in the room, or you might get your teeth knocked in. That's all. We appreciate appreciate you for being here, sir. Let's go ahead ahead and jump into this. Yeah. So I'm going to let Mr. Laval go ahead and, you know, you can give us some more background if you like. Um, (coughs) You know, I hope I didn't miss anything important that you want to put out there. So I'm going to give you that first, and then we'll get right into questions. So I thank you for even having my bio. I appreciate it. However, um, the the bio is, if you want to read the bio, for those of you that are listening, for those of you listening, by the way, hey, hi, y'all. <laughs> hi, your mama and them. Um, thank y'all for tuning in. 
And if you want to just read the bio, you can just go to com. Like, literally, just go to com. You can read it there because I know you did not hear me to talk about myself in that capacity. You are not interviewing me for a job. So I'm ready for the questions. Let's just get after it. All right, all right. Okay, so... I'm gonna start. I'm gonna go ahead and start with a question because I I know there was some questions going on. on uh, we had a post and people was already getting their questions ready, so we don't we don't get right to the question. So my question is, how do you how do you categorize yourself when it comes to being straight or homosexual? You know, going along with the topic. So as far as me categorizing myself under the LGBTQIA umbrella, um, for those of you who are not familiar with the LGBTQIA letters and what they stand for, um, for you to understand who I am, just know that I make men and women make the same sound when I touch them. Okay. <laughs> oh, you, oh, you got, oh, y'all can't drink water when y'all with me. <laughs> y'all can't be drinking water. Don't do that. Don't choke. <laughs> <laughs> so, and if you are familiar with the LGBTQIA umbrella, that means I'm bisexual, which means I have no preference for men or women. I am equally attracted to them. I was, I understood what I was, and my mother asked me one thing. She said, Asa, if you are in a room and you telling me you got a fine man on one side of the room and a fine woman on the other side of the room, and they both butt naked. You can't tell me who you're going to go to? I say, well, Mama, being bisexual, I mean, you got to bring other things. Like, is somebody's breast thinking? Who got the good credit? Who got no, like, it's a more to it than what's going on down there. I believe in education. L, lesbian, you're a woman liking women. 
G, gay, you a man that like men. B, bisexual, you a person that like both. T, transgender or just trans. Q, is queer or questioning. Somebody who may not just not know, but they know they're not completely one-dimensional in their sexuality. I, is intersex, which means there's a level of gender fluidness about them. And then you have A. A is asexual, meaning somebody who has no, uh, no desire to have sex with any person. And the reason why they're all looped in, because any time you identify yourself as one or one of the other, you can be seen as somebody who is weird or someone that's not normal. So there is an unnormal to that umbrella of uh, association. Hmm. I'm definitely educated there. I just yes. didn't oh, know that at all. I'm going to say, I didn't know none of that. That was new for me. Thank okay. you for that. Yeah. I didn't know. Most welcome. <laughs> we have a live question from Latavia Asa. Um, she says, in dealing with the double standards, lesbian or bisexual women tend to have it easier. How does that affect gay or bisexual men when it comes to sympathizing with everyone's plight? To make it a bit harder, as well as what can we women do to help push away some of the stigmas of our gay men or bisexual men? So, as far as I see it, that's a, a part of the question is real, and then a part of the question is unassumed. So, to say that bisexual women have it easier than men, I think we're alluding to the fact that there's another part of that that has to deal with predatory, the predatory gaze. And so though bisexual women are, have always, in my life um, and in the lives of my forefathers, you know, people telling me stories from down the road, the thing about it is that they see themselves as bisexual. Women are allowed to be close to other women. Being close and affectionate is seen as inherently woman. For a man to be close to another man is being seen as inherently weird, as inherently other than male. So, yes, there are some bisexual women that have it easier because they have been overly romanticized, but then there's another part of bisexual women that have been overly predatorized. So there have been uh, bisexual women who they don't want anything to do in that moment with a man, but because of our patriarchal system, a man will invite himself into that particular scenario. Um, and because, And so that's another issue. Now, as far as men, bisexual men feeling like we get the brunt in the stick, I do feel like we get uh, a lot of the brunt in the stick because we're seen as two different things. We're seen as one, greedy, or two, confused. And I am mm. neither. Mm. Greedy. Why, why greedy? Greedy in terms of... They, people people in, in have an idea about us being greedy. It's like you need to make a choice. You just need to pick one. Well, if I could, I would. But I wasn't born <laughs> like that. Mm. Right. <laughs> That's right. And you can't tell me to make a decision when God keeps making all these fine people. Hell. <laughs> <laughs> when did you when did you know that you were bisexual? Like at what age when did, did you realize that? So here's the thing. When you grow up in Oklahoma City in the 1980s and 1990s, under the denomination of Church and God in Christ, 
where the residing bishop oh. is, so and so and so and so. And right, exactly. During the age, G. E. Patterson was the truth and the end all, be all for everything. <laughs> and then for this jurisdiction, you had what Bishop Ford, I think it was. Yep. Yes, it was. I think so. So during yep. that time, the idea that I could be anything other than straight was totally foreign to me. That wasn't even a possibility. Even though we had, you know, effeminate men in choirs and at musicals and everything else, I never thought that that was a possibility for me because I grew up in the Church of God in Christ that was a parallel to being black Amish. Like my mother would not mm-hmm. wear makeup. My, my father could not wear shorts. My parents could mm-hmm. not go to prom because their pastor said so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so when you grow up yeah, in an environment like that, no, that's no not TV. black Amish. No, Kojic, yeah, Kojic was a cult, like borderline, <laughs> like for real. So when you when you're underneath the hand of something like that, the idea that something could be possible is totally outside of your imagination. It would be like <clears throat> it would it would be like me growing up in Oklahoma City, then going to Midwest City, and thinking that there was a such thing as a black doctor when I ain't seen no black doctors. Uh, only on the Cosby Show in Midwest City, there ain't no black doctors. It's a bunch of it's a bunch of neighborhoods called Murder One, Panic Zone, Murder Deuce, Low Way to Have, but it ain't no black doctors. Mm-hmm. So my my experience, my reality was void from all of that. I was very sheltered. So the first time I actually <clears throat> questioned myself, I'm like, hmm that's a good looking person right there. And I don't want to just say that they look good. Like I might want to try something different. I think that would probably be when I was at OCS officer candidate school. So I've been in the army for 16 years now. And there was a fine human that he was fine, fine, fine. Uh, And yeah. And yeah, that's when it first like, wow, all this been lurking up under this. All up under the scriptures and the deaconess board, all of this. Yep. <laughs> oh my goodness. <clears throat> okay, so I'm going to ask a question because I remember a few months ago, um, you had a live conversation with your son. Um, for those of you who don't know, Asa is also a father who has a gorgeous print. Um, that I fall in love with every time he he shares him with me. But um, he is very open and honest with his son about his lifestyle, of course, within age appropriateness, but he is very open and honest with his son regarding his lifestyle. He asks questions um, and and allows him to be honest with him regarding what his thoughts are and what his questions are, and, like, they have his back. So for those who who were not able to watch that live, Asa basically explained to his son what his lifestyle was, um, asked him how he felt about it, how he would maybe explain it to his friends and family. And they had a beautiful dialogue that other people were able to experience, but I know Asa, so I'm pretty sure that they had more dialogue that was definitely not shared with us via live. For parents or for um for people who mentor young people who are having these types of questions or may um, wonder how to address this with young people regarding their television shows, classmates, 
um, other family, things like that. What do you feel is um, a good way to go about having that conversation with the younger people in the family? So thank you for that question. That uh, So mm-hmm. how I feel, if you have someone under the age, let's say 15, you have somebody that is asking questions about that, maybe even asking questions about their own sexuality, and you're looking like, how do I approach this? Maybe you identify as being a Christian. Maybe you had the same growing up as I do, and you don't even know anybody who you do. Well, let's just say you don't think you know anybody who is under the LGBTQIA umbrella, and you're like, I'm really at a loss. Like, what do I say about that? Here's my thing. If you go into it with an intention of love and understanding, not them understanding you, but you getting to understand them. How are you feeling about this? Uh, and not just saying, so you gay or what? Oh, you gay now? That's, that's, <laughs> that energy is just filled with accusations. So if you can say yeah. things like, you know, um, I, I saw that there was an attractive man. And what would you say if um, a little boy liked you? Now, we're talking to another little boy. If, another, if, a, if a really, really attractive little boy said that he wanted to be your boyfriend, what would you say to that? Or would you tell me if another little boy kissed you? Or would it be okay if a girl kissed you, or would it be okay if a boy kissed you? If you ask more scenario-based questions like that, you may get an uh, uh, understanding that you may have never gotten if you come out with an accusatory, accusatory question. Um, so I just ask that you be open, and, uh, and please know that it's not an easy thing to be black and queer. That is the final frontier. That is not an easy thing. Um, I operate with, un- with all levels of power and awareness now, but this is the same person who damn near cried when I told my mama that I like guys too. So what you see before you now or hear before you now, that came after time and meditation and acceptance and tears and questioning and feeling like I wasn't good enough and feeling like I wasn't a man, like I wasn't man enough, feeling like I wasn't even black enough because who in the right mind would be black and bi? Are you crazy right now? Like there's not enough problems in the world. You got to add bi on top of that because believe me, I didn't ask for this. I didn't ask to be bi and I didn't ask to be black. Yep. And there you How has um, has this? I know. How has this affected your in terms of uh, family? Because I know you now. You um, you you seem like you you and your mother, and I know your mother. She's a preacher too, right? My Uh, mama is a pastor. Okay, so how kind of walk us through that progression of I just said when you tell it to now, like kind of an overview of how that and how your relationship has changed and what were some of the things that have made it better? The last thing that a black man who grew up in Pentecostal holding this church wants to tell his mother who dressed in all white for every first Sunday so she could serve communion is that you like men. <laughs> That's the wrong answer, yo. You know, that's the last thing you want to do. Because why? Because my thing is, 
of most mothers, the majority of mothers, regardless of their religious preference, they know about their babies. Yeah. One way or yeah. another, they know about their they babies. Know. They may even question it, and it, it, they think they don't know. They know, or they question. And so, to, and then because if they question, other people question. The youth pastor questioned it. The pastor questioned it. Because, I mean, I grew up in a church where a pastor in Oklahoma City, on the east side of Oklahoma City, I was five years old, and my brother's three years old. He looks at my brother and tells my mama, and this is Sunday morning over the pulpit. Now that's a boy. Wow. So I have, <clears throat> I have, this, I have this whole crushing dichotomy of am I truly a boy? Am I truly a man? Like, what is that about? Because if I wasn't allowed to question myself within my own self, I would have turned out something very, very different and would have um, alleviated my guilt and my shame of that moment with other things. I would not have had the uh, uh, audacity to talk to you guys with this level of intelligence if I had done the things I wanted to do to alleviate this level of pain by growing up in a church and telling his mother that he likes men. Now, being that I told her, it was very difficult for me. She responded um, She responded better than I thought, but it wasn't open and embracing it, and it wasn't uh, straight off. Well, I love you. You know I'm always here for you. Nope, that was fuck. That was for TV. Uh, that did not happen. However, <laughs> however <laughs> after a couple of weeks, thank, thankfully, thankfully, it was a couple of weeks and not a couple of months or a couple of years or even in some people's cases, a couple of decades. She then was like, okay, Asa, tell me, tell me more about this. Is this a phase? I'm like, mom, I'm 33 years, guy, during years old. This ain't no phase. This ain't band camp. <laughs> right. <laughs> this is not band camp. This is just the so, it is. <laughs> and like I've been doing, I've been, I've been seeing guys way longer than I've told you. Now I'm telling you because I'm interested in one right now, and I'm seeing a future with this one. But believe you me. This isn't going on a long time to this one. I'm just letting you in on the secret. Right. <laughs> so, and now she's able. But now she's able to really understand me and and uh, and understand and embrace me in my allness. Thankfully. Yeah, that's a beautiful thing. Speaking of the fact that yeah. you said that the reason why you wanted to share more with her was because you, at that time, were interested in a particular person. Uh, mm-hmm. really wanted to know, <clears throat> she said she's interested to know how does the marital dynamic look for a bisexual, and is it the same as heterosexual with just determining one person to commit to and forsake all others? That's one of two so, questions uh, that I so, so So I'm going to take, so again, <laughs> again, <laughs> I am not greedy or confused. Right. Therefore, just because I like both don't mean I screw both mm. at all times, okay. at all That's times right. of the day, regarding my emotional proclivities to that person that interests me. When I find somebody, a human, that of the adult age, I am not Roy Moore, by the way, when I find somebody who's of the adult age that I find interest in that can compliment me, compliment me, that is willing and able to co-create life with, 
then they shall be the next Mr. or Miss Laveau. All right. Good answer. Good yeah. answer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. I got a question, man. Uh, what's up, Ace? This is Rashad, man. What's up? Um, man. Uh, so, tell me, how did your friends take when you uh, when you stepped out and gave your truth? Great question, by the way. How my friends reacted? I have a couple of different things. The very first friend that I ever told was my best friend Rod. Um, I, there was something going on in Oklahoma City called H and H. It was a food truck, basically a festival once a yep. month. And we were sitting down eating barbecue um, on the curb of H and H on a really nice night. And I said, Rod, I have a, I have a, I'm thinking about things a little bit different. He said, What you mean? I said, You know, I'm thinking about my life when I'm like 70 or 80, and I see myself on a beach, and I see myself like really okay. I don't see myself sick or broke or anything like that. But there's one issue. He said, What's that? I said, I don't know if it's a man or a woman who's holding my hand next to me. And he immediately got it. He immediately got it. And he immediately celebrated me in my truth. Hmm. I have another friend, TK. The moment I told her, I told her the same, the same reason I told my mother, because I was interested in someone. Her first thing was, ooh, baby, tell me what he looked like. Uh-uh. And that's what I needed. I didn't need to cry. I needed somebody who was going fully... Submerge themselves into I like somebody Like I'm over 30 And I like somebody who like me back Like Mm -hmm. I text them They text me back I text them They text me back And I text them And they text me right back Like that (laughs) Like that was dope to me Like I'm over 30 And this is happening So I've been married And divorced before And so I know um, What relationships Can be like Um, And then lastly You know I have a friend Named Andre Andre, I'm, uh, he came in from Texas uh, last, no, two Christmases ago. And I sit at a diner, and I have my son with me at the diner on my side at the booth. Uh, Dre is on the other side of the booth, and I had already come out to my son. And I look at Dre, and I say, I want to tell you something. He says, what? I said, I just wanted to let you know that I am dating someone. He said, okay. I said, and it's, uh, they're a little bit different. He said, okay. I said, he's a guy. And there was a silence. There was a silence that allowed you to hear an ant piss on cotton. (laughs) And he said to me, get up. So I got up and he hugged me. And he was, and he was the last friend I told. And the reason why it was, he was the last friend I told because he was the friend in junior high when I was in Carl Albert High, uh, junior high and Carl Albert High School. He was the friend that was taken up for me when everybody was calling me a faggot and a sissy and gay as hell. And you shouldn't be friends with Asa because look at him and look how he hold his hand and look at the way he walks. And he was the person that stood up for me. So I felt some type of way to tell Andre about it because this is the person that's been sticking up for me and I felt embarrassed and I felt guilty for basically allowing him to take up for me in vain. Mm. 
Wow. I love that you shared that with us. Well, Mr. Asa, we are at the end of the session, and we have questions here for asking questions. So can you tell us the audience how to get in touch with you? Maybe you can get a live on and actually can send some people over there after the show, you know, something. <laughs> how can they get in touch with you? So, yeah, if you want to get in touch with me, you can do a whole lot of things. So everything that has uh, an account to it, I'm probably on it. Instagram, Asa Laveau, Pinterest, Asa Laveau, Twitter, Asa Laveau, Facebook, Asa Laveau, AsaLaveau.com. My number is 405-652-1191. I say again, 405-652-1191. I say lastly, 405-652-1191. You can find me on literally everything. I am the only Ace Laveau that comes up on a Google search for the the first 12 pages. You will find me, I promise (laughs) <laughs> well, okay. well, we appreciate you. We are already, you know, we're making plans for you to come back because we need you to be here to help. We need you to be here a little longer next time. Yeah, well, come so, on, yeah. invite me back then. I do, <laughs> we have a little crown ready, though. We have a little crown ready. I like that. Yes, I like some adult communion. Guys, look up Mr. Laveau. I have been in a couple of his academies. I haven't been to the one in person, but I've been on some webinars and some, some of his lives. So he is legit not only when it comes to this topic, but business and just getting your life together and on track. Look him up. But we have got to go to our um, song. This is by Mr. Rasheen, Black Lives Matter. And when we come back, we will be with We'll be doing our hot topic. Thanks again, Mr. LaRoe. <laughs> Thank you so on. much. Out. Rest in peace, Mike Brown, Tamir Rice, Eric Corner, Trayvon Morton. I deserve to live like you. Yeah. I deserve to breathe like you. Yeah. I'm standing in this booth. Aiming at they cerebellum, yeah. my young black youth. I gotta be careful what you tell them. Well beyond whether they are CEOs or running base like Mary Bond's intelligent, but they rather see us catching bullets. Black skin threatens them, so they go to the hip and pull it. Man, they power trip behind a badge. No cameras off on that dash. 
Yes, that was Black Lives Matter, one of our one of the shows saved. Everybody try to hurry up and get into just a little snippet of the hot topic. Um how much time I got with me? <laughs> a few minutes. Um so yeah, this is a hot topic and actually um I just did a, something a little different while since we were on this conversation. Um, about the um, LGBTQIA. I think I got all of them. Um, yeah, I think you got I had a, I had a co-worker um, pull me aside for last week at lunch, and basically she was, uh, you know, asking if I was still single, if I was dating anyone, and she said there's a guy at her church um, that she would like to introduce me to, and kind of set up a blind date, and she said all these wonderful things about him. And then at the end of her sentence, she's like, "But he's he's really feminine," um, you know. She said it like, you know, like she was gonna say something else, but then she just cut it off. And so I kind of just kind of faded the conversation to black and kind of, you know, <laughs> was like, I don't know if I want to deal with that. So the hot topic was, would you date a feminine man, or for men, would you date? someone that's considered a masculine woman. So I don't have any definitions for this. I'm just going off of what, you know, people, you know, how you, however you interpret it. So I'm going to start with Q. Q is very cultured. So I would start with you. If you had a she just called her culture. She's very free, open, and cultured. So I know she can, you know, culture. she can take us there. She can lead us on the right path. Uh, <laughs> what, what is your take on that? If you were single and someone wanted to, you know, introduce you to a person and they were feminine or have feminine ways, how would you, would that bother you? Would you still date them? Um, I It would not be a disqualifier for me. Um, generally, my, I don't like super macho or, you know, what, what we would consider macho. I don't like a man that's always, showing me how masculine and macho he is. So, like, I like a good balance. But um, if he were to lean to the other side, I would at least date him. Um, and then based on how he interacts with our energy with me, um, I would determine from there if I would go forward. But, no, that's not a disqualifier. Depending upon who I'm talking to, some men consider me more masculine than they would like because, I'm going to say what I feel. You know what I'm saying? There are some men who do not prefer my brand of communication at all, like at all. <laughs> so it's really dependent upon who you're interacting with. Like if we click and it was, it's a good thing, I don't see, I don't see an issue with it. I don't concern myself with what other people view 
as acceptable for me. So if you rocking with me and I'm rocking with you and we click, then I'm cool. So that wouldn't be a thing for me. I'm too old to be worried about what other folks think about who I'm loving on. So. Okay. Uh, real quick, <laughs> let's go to Rashad. I know it doesn't make you uncomfortable. What do you think? So. So. What is masculine? What is masculinity? Okay, okay. Would you date a woman? What is higher masculinity? Too much feminine masculinity. A WNBA player. A WNBA player. Well, I mean, they ain't all bad. See, this is the thing. They They ain't. That's what I said. Like, when you're talking to a man, like, when you're talking to men, like, that really just depends on his own pick of what's too much of, I mean, now, like, I I think I could pretty much say 75% of us aren't going outside looking for a young lady that's dressed like us, like, genuinely, and that's her thing every day, and, you know, I, I, that, no, I don't think we're doing that, but... That's the only thing that I can think of when people say what's too masculine. That might be my line. Like that. If you bring gators, then you done. You know I mean, what female gators? Like some little sliding oh, slipper for like ladies. Y'all wear the same shoes. Y'all, y'all wear the same shoes. Well, for, uh, <laughs> yeah, no. I ain't even gonna have on no gators. <laughs> See you. That's Washington is what I'm on the win, but I tried to give you a chance. I mean, I'm trying to, you talking, you talking to me, y'all. Look, we're going to have on some Gator Jordans, then yeah. Yeah, I can do that. You know what I mean? Some Gator 11. Shouts out to Jay. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I'm trying to give people an example. You just got to flow with the example. You don't mess our, our banter up. How about you don't uh-huh. It's more like water. Benny Hook. <laughs>
But again, the same time, I said, You said what? I, I thought the panda would be a little bit more open. I'm open. I'm just, I'm just what I was about to say is that I think that typically with me, um, because of the way that I am, um, even stronger women typically I kind of just like, oh, okay, you got it. And they just kind of, so I don't really have that, you know. And I'm not a really loud person. I'm usually one of them. I just kind of, mm-hmm, all right, okay, that's enough. Uh, I'm going to say, well, if we going off of what his definition is, then I can't have nothing else but that. Y'all know me. My mouth is entirely too fly. Like, you can't just be soft and, and, and pillow soft with me. That ain't going to work at all. You got to be brawny built, like brawny tough, tonka strong. You know what I mean? Like, hey, I'm going to talk my talk. So, you want so brawny. You mean they mouth need to be brawny? They mind need to be brawny? Or you don't mind them being brawny like the center in the WNBA? Man, you talking about, we talking about size now, too? We talking about everything. Lisa Leslie. Oh. I mean, I don't care. I mean, well, look. That you ain't my shoe, though. I'm about to say, wait a minute. That ain't my shoe to wear. But, I'm, yeah, <laughs> but, uh, Serena, they say it's, she has because she's muscular. You know, they make us in her masculine. masculine. But yeah, that's what I'm she's saying. Not I, I was thinking though. more, but I was thinking more mannerisms. You know what I mean? I, I mean, like, like that's she extremely that tall. I'm only, I'm only scratching at five eight. She's real time six foot six. So like, she couldn't eat like one. I mean, this past that's one past my petty rule. It ain't just the height <laughs> thing. It's past my petty rule, and that's just because your shoes bigger than mine. So I can't. I just can't hear. Like I don't need to come in the house and see bigger kicks than mine. <laughs> she gonna have you walk your feet to the shower and stuff. Baby, put your feet on mine. Y'all gonna be walking like that in the shower. Like I don't need to be one that wear my socks. Don't be liking my socks. You should be swimming in my socks. The heel part should be at your like Achilles. <laughs> <laughs> should be my tube socks should not be ankle socks on you. We got mm-mm. that's my line. <laughs> well, my Nike sign is at your ankle. That's my line. Oh, and on that note, <laughs> we're gonna go from the hot topic right into the fire. So, um, yes, I think that's cute. Yes, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. So. <laughs> In, in in a regular fashion, it is only time to end this amazing show with a little fire for the holiday season. Miss Cicely, the fire starter, is about to come on and bring us our life for the holiday seasons. I'm excited about the topic tonight. We actually got the topic early, so I'm super excited about that. Um, so listen up, tag your people, share the live, so you can all come and get this fire. Welcome to the welcome to the show, Sugar. Hey, Cicely. Hi, sweetie pie. How are you? I am well. I am well. Flipping very good. Over. Very good. 
or zoo lights, okay? So the Internet will um, have a list by city of the best neighborhoods or festivals to drive by, you guys, to walk by the decorated streets, especially in the upper echelon communities, right? You know how they get down, okay, people of the light of persuasion. So you can pull out all of the lights, okay, of competition during the holiday. So you should go to some of those neighborhoods and just enjoy all of their hard work because they put it out for show so you should go and enjoy the show some cities also feature i know chicago does feature zoo lights at their local zoo so if you can't you know get a drive out to one of uh, the upper class neighborhoods then you can go to a local zoo and enjoy their zoo lights uh presentation there okay that could be something you can do it's a uh, little to no cost to you so that's an idea number three you can attend a live holiday program uh, or theater or something of that nature. Uh, all of, you know, during the holidays, you know, everyone has um, some kind of show, you know, some kind of presentation, things of that nature, both secular and spiritual communities um, do it. So get involved and check one out, okay? Number four, you can volunteer for a charity. This is my favorite one, or give back, okay? This is where the money is, you guys, okay? So really the money is giving back. So anytime that you feel in a funk, okay, the the way that you counter that, it is a counter, okay, you do the opposite. And so you're going to generate the energy that you need to yourself by giving out that which you have need of, okay? So many charities ask for the donations um, of money and gifts for children, and they need volunteers also to sort and to wrap, okay? I know um, of a charity of organization I was involved in. I just I was on the phone yesterday with one of the sisters asking me if I could be a part of their winter program or if I can come out to help to wrap gifts or to purchase gifts. And so, you know, that goes on. In fire departments, police departments, scouting organizations, churches, Salvation Army, and our very own Global Drive Network, Okay, so PayPal payments are available for you to make at globaldrivenetwork at gmail dot com. Okay, same network. So leave these donations and your money so the kids can get them their toys, okay? So that is number four. Volunteer, volunteer, volunteer for a charity and give back. Salvation is all our salvation army is always open, you guys. So no excuse and they are everywhere. So no excuses, okay? Get involved. Number five, um, another one of my favorites is acts of kindness. So you can, in order to uh, overcome loneliness during the holiday season, you can uh, be creative and plan to do acts of kindness yourself, okay? Again, um, it is in the outward expression. It is in the giving out that you really get to magnetize and receive back um, that which you need unto yourself, okay? This works, you guys. And so the acts of kindness, you can make a list of some acts of kindness you can per, um, perhaps perform secretly or publicly for neighbors, classmates, friends, the elderly, the homeless, um, et cetera, your family, Little things like offering to walk the dog, um, shoveling snow, small gifts of service, okay, preparing sandwiches and things of that nature, going to give them out for those who may not be as fortunate as you. So, again, this is little to no charge, okay, to you, and it will definitely brighten up your day, okay. It will bring you a lot of sunshine to yourself. Another uh, very creative 
um, tool can be to an inexpensive gift is to handwrite a note. Who handwrites notes anymore, right? To handwrite a note, postcard, maybe card, to those you care about the most. How about this? Maybe even your enemy. Send them a gift, okay? Send it as a gift idea to them as opposed to purchasing some overpriced cheap gift that no one will ever use or care about, all right, which is a lot of times what we do, okay? So words are spirit and they are life and they last forever, all right? So, you know, again, little to no cost to you, but it will mean the world to someone um, for you to, you know, send a meaningful note to them in words of encouragement and inspiration. The number 16 you can do is maintain an attitude of gratitude, okay? This has to be done with great intentionality. When you find yourself grumbling about a negative event or a stressor in your life, this is a tool. I want you to think of four or five related things for which you are grateful as it pertains to that particular stressor, okay? So, for example, when you feel stressed at work, I want you to think about several things that you like about your job, all right? And I want you to record those things. You can do the same things for your relationship stress, for financial stress, for other daily hassles. The more that you gently remind yourself of the positives, the more easily a shift towards gratitude can occur for you. And it is a powerful tool. One of the best ways to cultivate the gratitude, also, you can keep a gratitude journal. It's not just for women, you guys. Okay, men can do this too. It will be a a combination of benefits of journaling, but also cataloging the happy memories and long list of things in your life for which you are grateful. A lot of people like to do this towards the end of the year, so it's a great time to do this. Just to reflect and to recall all of the greatness that you've experienced in 2017, I highly recommend that you do so. I believe that it will bless your life. It comes in handy um, to refer back to, right? There's power in the written word. So you have something that you can go to when you can't conjure it up, when you don't feel it, when you can't think it. Go to your journal. Go to your um, book and refer to the um, things that you wrote about that you're grateful for when it's difficult to remember what those things are. It is a simple exercise, but it's very powerful. And then lastly, something that you can do to overcome loneliness during the holiday season is to just simply be encouraged, okay? If you feel lonely, know that God cares for you and that he knows all about the feelings of loneliness and being forsaken. He does. And so he knows and he cares. Other responses may be to take up a new hobby, to make more time for the friends that you already have. And guess what, y'all? The firestarter loves her some dogs, okay? Pets, all right? I mean, the four-legged ones. Pets, okay? (laughs) Make awesome, loyal companions, okay? Pets make awesome, loyal companions. Firesider loves her some big dogs. The bigger the better. The four-legged ones, you guys. Uh, But they make awesome, loyal companions. So go out. Maybe it's time for you to invest in a pup, right, to get you a little cat or a little dog or something that will really help you um, in generating feelings of companionship and things of that nature, okay? Um, I want to give you now, I have a couple of more minutes I didn't um, think I would have. So I'm going (laughs) to, I'm going to, for you a little bit more in regard to um, there's a quote by Mark Twain and it says this the best way to cheer yourself up is to cheer somebody else up this brings up a good point in that volunteering for a cause or thinking about another human being will automatically take the focus off of yourself if you're feeling lonely reach out Volunteering is a wonderful way to not only make yourself feel better about the world, 
but it also helps you in meeting people, other passionate people with whom you can have genuine connection with. So that is um, a quote from Mark Twain. And I'm going to give you quickly um, the benefits of that loneliness, quote, unquote, can provide, okay? And so this is your bonus, right? This is your bonus for your passion talk. Loneliness can help you to um, seek uh, God in a deeper way, seek your identity or purpose in a deeper way, okay? So that's number one. This is the bonus. You can get increased levels of discernment, intuition, things of that nature. We've discussed these things before. Uh, greater opportunity for guidance and wisdom um, that can come to you when you have time alone. Number two, loneliness or, or being alone can help uh, to develop your character. When you are alone, your commitment is tested and your true character will shine through. So being faithful, even if you're alone, give confidence that you will be faithful when you are together with someone. Did you catch that? When you're faithful when you're alone, okay, or when you're in private, will give greater confidence that you will be faithful when you're in public or private with another. All right, so that is a benefit of quote unquote being alone or loneliness. It can inspire creativity. Number three, being alone inspires creativity. You can have, you can cultivate dreams and visions that can be done um, in alone time. Your greatest achievement can be birthed out of a place of quote unquote loneliness or being alone. Listen, it was some of the most rewarding times of my life. Do understand. Um, it is it was some of the most innovative and creative and productive times in my life when I wasn't distracted um, by other um, things, other people, other et cetera, okay? And it helps me to generate a productivity that um, continues to last and keeps on lasting and will continue to grow. So you want to um, treasure the times of being alone because it is the time where you should be innovating. It is the time that you should be creating. And lastly, loneliness can create in us a desire to serve, okay? Um, there is uh, another quote that says, a story. A boy once asked a lonely old man, what is life's heaviest burden? And the man responded by saying, to have nothing to carry. Hmm. To have nothing to carry. So when you're needed, to do the work um, of the laborer, if you will. No one else can do it but you. In your loneliness, you can see what the needs are. You can be more alert to needs and then determine how God can use you to meet those needs. There's so much to be done in the world, you guys, so there's no excuse that we can have to say, I have nothing to do or I'm lonely or I'm without or forsaken. He might have put placed you in a lonely place for a season so you can get a true burden to serve. You really do need to have a burden to serve, okay, because it is not a bed of roses. But when you uh, cultivate a servant's heart, then you will have it and you can extend it for a lifetime. So, um, and I will close with this. My child, you're not alone. At times like these, it's hard to find the right words to say, and I know that words alone won't take the pain away, but I know a man who sits high and looks low, and he is saying, my child, you're not alone. 
He is saying, I love you and I'm concerned about you and all the pain and hurt that you're going through. He's saying, lean on me. I will be your comfort through this time. And although it's dark now, the sun again will shine. Even though it's hard to see through tears that you now cry, just know that there will come a day when your tears he will dry. And though words alone won't ease the pain that you now feel, just know in time your heart he will heal. I pray that God will give you peace and strengthen your heart. And he holds you in his arms, and from you he won't depart. May you always be encouraged. May you ever hold on. And remember, my child, you are not alone. So remember, alone may be a fact, but loneliness is a choice and matter of perception, which you can change whenever you decide to change it. Do your best to avoid isolation during this time, you guys. It will only worsen your circumstance. Your life work is to reframe your thoughts about loneliness and use it as a fuel to transform the quiet time into something fruitful and very glorious for you. This has been your girl, the fire starter. I love you all to life. I pray that you have the most wonderful holiday season and stay in purpose, stay in power, stay in passion, and stay on fire. Mwah. I'm out of here. Peace. Yeah. Thank you. We're going to talk about this once party later. Uh, but since we only got a minute and 34 seconds, <laughs> uh, yeah, real quick, real quick, I just want to remind if you guys are in Oklahoma City, don't forget this Friday night, starting at 7 o'clock, is the Scoop Nation um, party at Ice Event Center starting at 7. And I need you guys to RSVP on the event because then that will let us know. Um, who to give the complimentary tickets to to the comedy show that's going to be right after. Um, so all Scoop Nation people who go to the potluck um, get free complimentary tickets to the comedy show featuring Sean Jones, uh, David Detroit, and uh, Mac O. Also, um, this is the last week to donate to the Holiday Toy Drive. Um, as Cicely said, you guys, if you want to donate money, you can send it to us at globaldriveradio at gmail.com through PayPal or whomever your local representative is get with them. So we got Chicago, Oklahoma City, Dallas, Houston, and Tulsa are the cities that we are sponsoring families, so we need help in each of those cities. On February the 17th, we are having our Mask and, Mask and Mystery Masquerade Party. So it's going to be at Asia Blue in Oklahoma City. Um, uh, from 8 to 11, Dre Chappelle is going to be in the building. We got food. We're going to have the whole night. So definitely go ahead and get your tickets to that. Last but definitely not least, um, on February, the, January the 12th, January the 12th, Chicago Scoop Nation Global Drive. We're going to be at the Oak Forest Bowling Alley. We're going to have a bowling. I'll put that information up. So if you are in Chicago, come out and kick it with your boy, and we're going to have a good time. Q, Kels, Cuzzo. Uh, Cicely, Asa, Alexandra, wonderful show. Y'all are the real deal. Scoop Nation, we love you. Have a good night. Have a good rest of your weekend. Don't forget to listen to The Word on Wednesday. Tomorrow with Pastor Burns. And also don't forget to download your free copy of Lubo Exposure magazine by going to LuboExposure.org. Uh, other than that, uh, I don't think I have anything else. I'm missing anything. All right, y'all. Y'all have a good rest of your night. Have a good rest of your week. I love you. I appreciate you. Uh, And please, 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 if you learned nothing else today, please know that no matter how you feel about somebody, um, that please approach them with love because we need everybody. Everybody's valuable. Everybody's needed. Y'all have a good night. Love you. Tell me where you're getting love. If you could just give it, I should just stand it while you stand it here. 
first you say you're with me, and then you try to diss me. So I try to keep it low when you knock me to the floor, cause I don't wanna cry tears. Would you believe this love is forever, girl? And would you take this long, sweet road and pull it together? Keep it low when you cut me to the floor Cause I don't wanna cry 